This episode of Let's Think On It comes from an excerpt from O Brother Radio with Will Lockamy, Reed Lockamy, and Dr. Mark Westfall. We're hanging out with Dr. Mark Westfall tonight. Uh, of course, all these segments you can find on the podcast wherever you find podcasts. Let's Think On It. Uh, this is an important one tonight. Go ahead and just catch everybody up. Tell us what we're talking about and who we're going to be talking to. Yeah, yeah. so we're talking about transgender, and we're talking about it now because the Alabama legislature is looking at uh, passing a, a law that will essentially outlaw medical treatment for uh, essentially the transition process or having to do with transgender uh, treatment. And so I've got a pediatrician from UAB who's part of the multidisciplinary team, gender health team at UAB, it's going to be uh, at children's, I guess. It's going to be uh, talking with us about just what is the what is the big what's going on? What's right. going on with the bill? What's going on? With, what happens in the in the in the health clinic for uh, transgender youth? And um, and kind of dispel some of the 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 myths. All right. So, Dr. Ladinsky, thanks for joining us. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, oh, Dr. Sure? Mark. Will. Gosh, it's such a pleasure. Yeah. No, it's an honor and pleasure to be here. All right, so a little bit about your background. You are from where? So born and raised in Wisconsin. Um, Been a little bit of everywhere. Medical school at Baylor College of Medicine, Houston, Texas. Fellowship Mm -hmm. at Johns Hopkins in general academic peds. And came here about five years ago after a long career in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. As well as Columbus at Nationwide. And I just love it here, loving my new home. Welcome here. So how long did you say, how long have you been here? I've been here almost six years, um, actually. So you've got here like right as like the big flip kind of started to happen with Birmingham. Yes. Really like seven, eight years ago. And now uh, we've got friends here from Atlanta that, yeah, and I was like, you're just not going to believe like how much the city has, has changed. And it's in a great place right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. vibrant, diverse. Yeah. All right. All right. So cutting to the chase, because we've got a lot going on tonight. Yeah. You're... Tell us what is going on with this bill. Just, I mean, I'm not, you're, you're not in the legislature. I'm not asking you to be a, a, uh, a uh, senator, but what is going on with the bill? For those that aren't following, most people out there may not. What are you talking about tonight? So Alabama is one of actually well over 25 states that the state legislature has proposed, is discussing one of two different anti-trans bills. The smaller of the two is, and this is in over 20 states, it's about 22, 23, that would um, prohibit schools from allowing transgender girls to compete on sports teams with cisgender girls. So transgender girls, these are girls who were assigned male at birth, Mm -hmm. but they know themselves to be girls female. Their heart, their soul, their core, their brain has really sending them the message that they're female. They may be in various states of medical care around that, but all that aside, Bill 1 in Alabama, it's HB 391, that would prohibit this, okay? okay. To, you know, thinking if they were assigned male at birth, they're get, they've got an inherent advantage against the other girls. Okay. Not much of a reality. We're going to put that one aside for now. Okay. HB1, SB10. We are one of about 17 states, but really only one of three where this was flying through the legislature. This bill, the state legislature would pass a law prohibiting 
specific forms of medical care, medical therapy, that have been evidence-based standard of care medicine for a long, long time. It would also, the second half of that bill, would legislate and mandate teachers and school personnel to notify the parents if a youth disclosed a gender variant identity to a safe adult at school. It's also known as outing a student, breaking confidentiality, potentially putting a student at risk. Um, so that's what the bill would do. Okay. These bills are being proposed and sponsored by a House member and a Senate member who have admitted freely and openly to um, reporters that they've never met a trans-identified youth in their life. But they feel that this is a vulnerable population and it is their job to protect them, even if it involves slapping physicians who understand this medicine in a practice it in a very subspecialized setting, mm -hmm. rendering them the inability to do so. Gotcha. So and I thought the name of the bill was interesting. They, they've they named it the Vulnerable Child Compassion and Protection Act. Mm -hmm. What? Mm -hmm. so the, what? The, VCAP. So, so you were in the subspecialty of working on a multidisciplinary team. That, that is correct. That um, treats uh, transgender youth. Correct. Okay. So tell us, what is it you do? Because I think most people listening do not understand the processes that we're talking about at all. How does someone come to you? How are they referred to you or whatever? What's their experience like? Why do they come to you? Can you just kind of give us a nutshell of what it is you do every day? Of course. Um, so this, you know, this team in this medicine is honestly, some of the most vibrant that a pediatrician could ever have the privilege of practicing. So take it as fact that there are individuals whose internal sense of their own gender does not match their sex assigned at birth, and they feel that who they know themselves to be does not match the body that they are living in, growing in, and developing in. Youth who are in this category Okay, there are youth who know this from a very young age, three to five-year-olds, say. It's a very small fraction of transgender or gender-diverse youth. Far larger are those youth that, as puberty is closing in, are beginning to feel and now are knowing, I don't belong in this body that is changing in ways that don't resonate with who I know myself mm -hmm. to be. It's, it's yeah. as if when the puberty, the hormones of puberty start kicking in, it, it forces an awareness that, well, this is not congruent with how I feel about myself. Exactly. And I was sharing this with some other people the other day. It is difficult, I think, for the average person, non-medical person to understand. I mean, we think of gender as, you know, you're, what you look, your genitalia and or your XY chromosome. But there's an aspect that you just alluded to of brain development. Our brain from in, in the womb until we're in our 20s is under development. So it's the last organ to finish developing. Most everything is finished when, we get, when we're born. And it is being um, affected by hormones. But it's very complex. It's not like we either have estrogen or either have testosterone. It's very complex. The receptors are very complex. We still don't understand it all. But what we're seeing and learning, as you 
eloquently said, is that many people do not feel, and it's, this is a literal physical feeling. It's not just a, a, a psychological whim. It's yeah. not a mo- it, is, it, is a, it is a physical sense that they are not the sex that their body appears to be, and their brain does not feel that way. And there's, I'll, I'll get to a study here in a little bit that, that studies some brains of transgender versus cisgender, and it's interesting that the brains of the, like, let's say a, let's say someone looks, looks female but feels male, their brain functionality is closer to a cisgender male than it is to a female. Does that make sense? Yep, yeah. I mean... In, in, it, because we can see differences in cisgender males and cisgender females as far as brain function, brain volume. I mean, there are differences there in, in, in quote-unquote men and women in the big scheme of things. But a transgender male, someone who looks female but, is, but feels male, their brain actually functions more like a male, which is when these hormones start hitting it is why it feels incongruent. Is that what your experience is? Very much so. Yeah, yeah and so you may Correct. have just answered the question that I was going to ask. Uh, Dr. Ladinsky, was, you said... Take it as fact that this is the situation, which, you know, anytime you have a discussion with someone who doesn't think, you know, that uh, these things are, that's the whole deal is they're like, no, 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 it's just an emotion. Like, how, there's no proof that, but you said take it and as And they want fact. to simplify things and say, no, 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 there are two genders. It's easy. We can tell this because, yeah. listen, people crave simplicity. We get that. That's understandable. But unfortunately, things are, are complex. They're yeah. not simple. Yeah. We also crave a binary, right? Sure. We are either male or female. Our sex assigned at birth determines the identity that we have for the rest of our life. But it is not always so. Yeah. And the other thing is that whole, like, the transgender sense is on a spectrum. It's not like you, it's not like there's one way that transgender feel. Some feel very strongly about it. Some it's kind of more of a weak association. It's... It's as individual as we are, and that's that's the beauty of it, and also what I'm concerned about with this with the bill. So, all right, so that's a great overview on that. So, what is it you do in your clinic? How how do you come into play on this? So, there remember there are no two no two cisgender people are alike, no two trans people are alike. So, in our clinic, which is a multidisciplinary team. We have a pediatric endocrinologist, a general pediatrician, two or three psychologists, a psychiatrist, and a chaplain, an affirming member of our pastoral care, a master of divinity, who is amazing in helping bridge understanding with families, especially when faith and the tenets of their faith, the definitions that their faith has given them, really place them in a conflict of how do I affirm or better understand my child, but not risk losing my faith community or my extended family. So we are very lucky to have that. We are one of about 55 teams, subspecialty care in pediatric academic centers throughout the nation in Canada, and all of us do roughly the exact same, very, very well-studied medicine. With younger kids, kids before the time of puberty, when their brain, their body, and soul are asserting at every turn, I may have been assigned female at birth, but I am a boy. Not maybe I want to try on being a boy. I am a boy, and it does not change. 
with those younger kids, there's no medicine involved. And please, folks, there's no surgery involved. That is such an important point. Um, we talked during the break and, and bragged on uh, Governor of Arkansas, GOP Governor Asa Hutchinson. And in his interview on NPR two days ago, he tried to reiterate that so many times. Like, listen, they're, they're feeding you falsehoods. Like, we're not talking about surgery here. That's not what we're discussing. Not at all. And that is one of the biggest misconceptions, not just by legislators who are sponsoring these bills, but it's a common misunderstanding that transgender people are just simply upset with their anatomy, specifically the lower anatomy, and they want it changed. Nothing could be farther from the truth, especially as we talk about youth. So to clarify for the listener, in the state of Alabama, for a minor, there is no surgery currently going on to alter genitalia. It it doesn't happen. It has never happened. It is not happening currently, and it is not happening in the future. Minors do not receive gender-affirming surgery in the state of Alabama. Got it. I, I, I don't know how many times we've done interviews where I'm like, this is the most important <laughs> interview we've ever done. But right now, this one feels like it at in this moment, moment. You're always in the moment, man. At this like moment, I mean, it really does yeah. feel that way. Hey, by the way, uh, quickly, we talked about kind of the, the pressures of organized religion and stuff like that. Uh, if you want somebody that you can all identify with, um, my friend Brandy Carlisle put out a book this week called Broken Horses, and she details her struggle through growing up gay and, and religion and, and kind of, and of course she is a religious person, by the way. So I encourage you to all go purchase that broken horses and read it. But, but also if, you, if you're not into that, whatever, go, go look up fresh air uh, or interview this week or, or how, however you want to find it. She's been on every show this week, but uh, she's an amazing person and her struggle of, of trying to, walk up to the altar and, and say, yes, I want to give myself to the Lord and be baptized in them saying, no, you won't. And like literally in front of all of her friends and family and everybody, it's, it's pretty, and still she's a religious person. Spirituality is pretty strong mm-hmm. for her. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. For, for mankind. For lots of philosophy. Yeah. 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 Sure is. Um, all right. Do you want to now break? What do you want? You're, you're in charge. Um, so let's boss. see. Um, well, let's go a little bit further. So what does happen? So right. gen, gen, uh, surgery does not occur. So what are you doing? All right. I mean, so, you're, you're billing for something. What are you doing over there? <laughs> oh, it's, this is not about billing. This is I'm about, it's, it's, this is about joke around here. affirming amazing youth, their families, and saving lives. Right. So as youth get older and puberty is just starting, that unwanted, undesired, fearful puberty, um, as one little girl told me, Please, 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 God, I pray every single night that I'm not going to wake up with hairy legs like my dad and a big old blump in my throat, right? That's a little little girl, a sign male at birth, Mm -hmm. as she was approaching puberty. Now, for those youth, there is medication. We, it's a family of medicines called GNRH agonists, which we also know as blockers. They have been used for over 30 years in pediatrics when... Youth having nothing to do with gender diversity undergo puberty, quote, way too early or prematurely. We just freeze frame it. We hit a pause button. These medications are FDA approved, perfectly safe. 
And that really buys our youth time to grow in their identity, with their families, getting everyone together, really flushing this out without the fear of an unwanted, undesired puberty, in quote, the wrong you know, pathway. And so for people who are skeptical about like, okay, now look, cause we've, we've all been in middle school. We've all kind of struggled with identity and like, who am I? And who knows? So for people who are skeptical about all of this, if anything, they should be proponents of this, right? Because it, the whole idea is to say, okay, let's, let's watch and see in the coming months and years, how you feel before we proceed. Exactly. We push the pause button on the physical changes of an undesired puberty. And we allow these youth to grow and really try on this identity, how they're dressing, how they're identified, their pronoun use, along with their extended family. And then for our older youth, older teens, and the language of the bill, the proponents of the bill have accused physicians of giving gender-changing hormones to seven-year-olds. We're not talking seven-year-olds. We're talking 15, 16, 17 and up. Those youth, many have already been through an unwanted puberty. And those youth who have been living in their trans identity for a good long time, they have had mental health care, a lot of it, to vet that this is who they are and they're mentally strong and ready to undergo another puberty. Then we very safely, slowly begin gender-affirming hormones. So testosterone for a trans male, for a trans female, estrogen, as well as something called spironolactone or other kind of androgen blockers to really bring all of their body in concordance with their identity and who they know themselves to be. This is life-saving. And a terrifying thing that's happening with these bills, as we just saw in Arkansas, is they're stopping in the middle of the progress. Treatment. Like in the middle of the treatment, this is now, whoop, completely stopping it. There's no grandfather clause for no. people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Correct. I, yeah. yeah. So from a psychiatrist standpoint, the concerning, I mean, this has got concern written all over it. Right. Um, Many, the, the process of living in a body that you feel doesn't fit you, for some, doesn't affect their, their, their psyche. But for many, it does. And that's where the term transgender dysphoria came in. So all transgender aren't dysphoric, but sometimes it creates a depression, which yeah. really, I mean, it shouldn't necessarily be called its own diagnosis. It's, it's depression. It just happens to be brought on by them being in this situation. It's pretty significant percent of that population because this is a very stressful event to be in. And stress, as we know, causes depression for people. Uh, people under chronic stress frequently develop symptoms of depression. And so the name of this act uh, of the bill, the child protection, is, is ironically going to cause harm. <sighs> And so there, there are many, I mean, the incidence of, of suicide ideations and suicide attempts in transgender who are not being treated is very significant. Are we sure that the C in the name of the law doesn't stand for child, but maybe for culture? 
protection. Maybe that's what it really is about. Yeah, is like protecting the culture and yeah. the idea of like what we want culture to be. Well, I, I would love. I mean, you know, again, just like uh, every trans person is a, is an individual. We're all individuals. Everyone who thinks that there's a problem is an individual, and there are many different sure. reasons that they're against it. I would love to talk with them and begin educating. That's part of what this is. Is let's for those who haven't made a decision about how they feel about this or didn't know it was going on. I just wanted to give some just basic education of this is these are the facts. I mean, yeah. separate the the, the oh, myths from me, the I'm facts. I'm biting my tongue so and much. And I, I I truly think that if just like the Arkansas governor, if people really get to know an individual who's experiencing this, it will transform the way you see it. It really will. It. It is not something that I came across prior to my uh, profession. And my first time across it, I thought, that is, that is odd. What is going on? And once you spend some time in it, you realize, oh, it makes much more sense now. This is not a binary world. I happen to be cisgender, but there is a lot of variation in how people feel about their gender. And it's not just a psychological, well, something's going on in their life that, that made them run to the other side. This this is something biological going on in their brain that's not receiving the hormones the way that their genitalia would would predict. And so, um, yeah, it, it's it's concerning uh, where we're headed with this legislature bill because it it's it's dictating medical care in an in an in an area where a lot of progress has been made. Yeah, and it's it's very concerning. I mean, we've been practicing this medicine for a very long time. Trans-identified trans kids, trans-identified teens have been around for a very, very long time. And any piece of legislation is not going to make them cisgender. Right. This is a trait of a person. But it's, you know, they were never bothering you legislators or putting yeah. anyone at risk, they're the ones at and risk. And my former student certainly did not want special treatment. He just wanted to be able to live his life and be a normal human being. All right. We're going to have to move to our next guest, but one last question. What's sure. your main concern if this bill goes through, what, or concerns? What are I, you worried about? I worry the most that we are taking away hope. Remember, there are, trans there are trans youth all over this nation, including in Alabama, who are just beginning to understand themselves, just beginning to find the words for who they are, and taking away that hope that they can live their truth is destroying health for those youth currently receiving treatment to be asked to cut it off immediately is not only a breach of ethics, but you are putting kids on a crash course to deterioration in mental health and physical health. Dr. Ladinsky, this is uh, this is fantastic. We're hearing from listeners. Uh, John writes and says, talks about what we're talking about, says, uh, look, it's amazing. I highly recommend it to anyone. Um, hopefully, good news, if you have friends that aren't listening that you want them to hear this they can through the podcast let's think on it it'll be out next week at yep. some point um yeah, eric writes in eric fournier and says the tragedy of these laws is that these are unique personal experiences and the legislation attempts to treat everyone the same which is just no way to do that I'm, that was my 
thing there. Uh, the irony of these supposed conservatives is how they are attempting to subvert individual rights in favor of government control. Yeah, yeah. which is, yeah. of course, um, all right, as quick a break as we can. Welcome back to Our Brother Radio. I'm Will Lockamy, Reed Lockamy, as well, hosting Dr. Mark Westfall, hanging out with us, and Dr. Ledinsky from UAB. We're talking about um, these bills that are going through legislature at a uh, blistering pace. As uh, Eric also tweets in, says nearly 100 anti-trans bills proposed already this year in this country. So um, really important stuff, and we have a limited amount of time, so let's get right to it. Dr. Westfall, who are we going to talk to? All right, we have uh, Paige and Jeremiah Smith. Paige is the mom. Jeremiah is the transgender male. Um, And so thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. And I apologize, we've we've short on time because Dr. Ledinsky was so great. Uh, we got into a lot of topics, but I, I guess I just want to, so I'm going to kind of guess jump in a little quickly instead of the slow and gradual get to know each other like I normally do. Um, you guys have been through this process, right? How old, uh, Jeremiah, can you hear me? Yes, I can. So how old are you, Jeremiah? I'm 17. Okay. And so you have been through some of the hormonal treatment that Dr. Ledensky speak spoke of earlier. Is that correct? Yes, I have. Okay. So tell us a little bit about if any, only what you feel comfortable with. And I appreciate you sharing. This is not an easy thing to share for some, for many people and especially in the climate that we're in with, with the bills and whatnot. So, um, but give the audience a little synopsis of your, your individual experience in, in being transgender. Can you just, wherever you want to start, just tell us what it's like for you. Yeah, of course. Uh, I guess I'd start with, uh, bringing my family into the mix, which is what got me towards, the hormonal transition process and what that looked like for me was maybe um, one and a half years of being consulted with by pediatricians and doctors such as Dr. Levinsky and they were uh, very careful with making sure this was something I was comfortable with that this is something that my mom understood well and knew how to support me and that I knew how to support myself. And after all of that consultation, I was initially put on a small dose of testosterone. And what, what age was this, Jeremiah? This was 14. Okay. And just going back just a second, how old were you when you realized that, Hey, something, something's not fitting here. I could say it's a, feeling that's been present all my life, but it's sort of, I was given the vocabulary to describe it when I was maybe uh, 11 or 12. That's a great way to, to express that. You were given the, but this was something going on that, and it, as you think about it, think about the age of, of this occurring. You, you don't know what's going on. We don't know. I mean, you know, when, when you're a preteen, you don't even, no matter what gender you are, you don't really know what's coming or what's going on and, and who you are and how you feel about things. It's, and so you were, I, I love the way you said you were given the, the vocabulary to describe what you were experiencing. So you, you really, but you really feel like you've been experiencing it as long as you can remember. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. I feel like even if it was small, there were always facets of my life or experiences I had that sort of, um, signified that there was something 
that didn't match up in the way that I was perceived on the outside to how I felt on the inside. And so for some people in that setting, I spoke a little bit earlier, there's some dysphoria that goes with that. There's some, it feels depressing. Did you experience that? Uh, yes. And it became more um, intensely present after I was sort of given the knowledge of what a transgender person was and what being trans, uh, transgender was and kind of realizing that that was something that applied to me. And did you feel that intensity increase when you started approaching puberty? Uh, yes, definitely. It was something that uh, I wouldn't want anyone to have to go through is experiencing um, your body changing and not in a direction that you feel comfortable with. Yeah. Then when it helped the audience understand what occurred in you emotionally when you were able to pursue hormonal treatment? Um, at first, uh, since the changes are so gradual, there wasn't really any kind of um, emotional change outside of just recognizing that I was on a medication that was going to help me and going to get me to be the person I'm supposed to be. But as time went on, I started seeing the small, gradual changes, whether physical or emotional. I started feeling more comfortable, more at peace with who I was. I felt more confident and outgoing because I felt like I was correctly presenting myself to the world as I wanted to for however many years before that. And Paige, are you there? I am. So, from a parent's viewpoint, share with the listeners what you observed in this process. Um, the you know uh, your 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 view of your child's experience of the world, so to speak. Well, I can tell you that um, what my son communicated about uh, he's always felt this way. I think I always observed it as well, and just didn't realize what I was seeing. Um, my son is a twin; he has a twin brother. And uh, when I tried to do the dress-up, like the matchy girl boy clothes, uh, Jeremiah would just, you know, throw those girl clothes away and go put on his, his twin brother's clothes. And so after, you know, well, very, very quickly, I just quit investing in dresses because he only wanted to wear his brother's clothes. Um, he mostly wanted to, you know, just be a brother to his twin brother. So I think I just thought I had a tomboy. It was just fine. But, um, you know, it, it wasn't until, uh, like he said, he had the vocabulary to come and tell me, um, Mom, I, you know, I'm, I'm trans and you need to understand this about me and, and uh, this, is, this is who I am. And I did have the vocabulary uh, to understand and hear him. And, uh, you know, my, my, my first thought was, wow, my, my amazing child just became more interesting um, but then my second thought was, was concerned because I know that it's, you know, from the outside looking in, it's a, it's a hard path. Um, you know, there's been some talk that, that, uh, youth are, are choosing to be trans because it's trendy or it's interesting. And, um, I can 100% assure you that no one is going to choose a challenging path, uh, to explore for a trend. It's, it's, it's not bad at all. Um, 
it's, it's just so misunderstood. But, um, you know, I have watched him through this evolution over, you know, many years. And um, I, I've watched him, you know, be as patient as he can. This is a, a gender-affirming uh, medical care um, is is a really slow-moving train. It's important that it moves slowly to make sure that families are ready, that social transition is in place, that you know, all the boxes are checked before you even get the first look at a tiny piece of a, a chemical that's going to help you. So, you know, that journey can be, you know, two years, three years, four years in some cases. And, you know, I, I watched my son, you know, be impatiently patient uh, on this journey till he finally got, uh, you know, the, the testosterone uh, prescribed for him after, you know, several years. And, uh, I mean, the amount that they give him is really not enough to put to gloss your lips. It's just a, a whisper of uh, this chemical, but it makes such a big difference over time emotionally. I've watched him just emerge and blossom, and, you know, he's, he's healthy, and he's good-looking and smart and successful in school, and um, this all, I mean, he may have been this anyway, but I know that um, being affirmed in his uh, gender health care has uh really kept him alive and, and, and you know, just transformed him in every sense of the word into the person that he's destined to be. You know, that, that's beautiful. And I, I think sometimes the word transition and transgender actually is a little bit confusing for people because really you, it's not that you're transitioning away from something. You're transitioning into, into who you are. Yes. And, and that is something I think hard for people to really understand who've never experienced it. And, and uh, so I, that's part of what I'm so glad that you guys are sharing your experience. Um, I think it personalizes the, the, the whole concept to hear individual stories and hear, I mean, the slow, gradual process, the pain. We didn't even get into all the, the pain. I mean, it's a difficult process. I've worked with other families and it. It's not easy. And it's it's so frustrating that the word is mocked many times. Uh, if you listen to, uh, you know, folks that are paid entertainment news, I mean, it is mocked a lot, which is incredibly hard to hear when you hear stories from Paige and Jeremiah and from Aaron Georgia about Jay. And, uh, you know, this is, this is a very tough thing for children and for families and... Um, it's something that we should all just be mature about and grown up about and learn about as we're trying to do tonight. Yeah. And just in psychiatry, you know, we treat a lot of conditions that you can't measure with blood tests and, and whatnot. It's, they're very biological, but you can't, we don't yet know how to measure things. And so we receive a lot of feedback from patients with regards to how they're functioning. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we know we've helped someone when they're suddenly functioning better in life. And so this is a great example uh, of a treatment that you know works because you see the transformation in the person's psychological functioning in life. Seeing them be affirmed in who they are and blossom, and, and Paige described that, um, Jeremiah described that, I've seen it many times. Uh, it, it's, it's something that's missed, I think, by a lot of people who don't understand it. Yeah, Paige, Jeremiah, I can't thank you enough for coming on and, and talking to us about this. It's important. We're hearing from listeners how important it is for them to hear your story. So thank you. Well, thanks for having us.
also, Dr. Ledinsky, I, I can't thank you enough. I think um, the things you said from a professional standpoint obviously mean way more than anything that I, I don't have a doctor before my name, but it, it really is incredibly important what you said. Well, thank you for having us. Thanks for joining us. And just know that trans people are people. Trans youth are youth. How about that? And everyone's different, right? And we're not all just this one, like, cookie-cutter society. Yeah. Amen, and we got this. To listen to Dr. Mark Westfall live, check out O Brother Radio on Birmingham Mountain Radio, 107.3 FM in Birmingham, 97.5 in Tuscaloosa, at bhammountainradio.com, or on the free BMR app. Join in with your questions and comments on Twitter, at Lockamy Brothers.